Welcome to The Sober Unicorn. We are a gay-hosted, all-inclusive podcast about sobriety and addiction recovery for the LGBT plus community and all of our allies. I'm your host, Holden, and thank you for joining us today. Hey, 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 it's Holden. I am an alcoholic. I hope everybody's doing well today. Today, I am being joined by Candace. Hi. How are you doing, Candace? I'm so good, thank you. I've had a really good weekend, so I woke up sober, so yeah, no complaints here. That's good. Well, I'm so happy to have you on today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for asking me. Of course. Candace and I actually met on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. I started posting videos maybe like a month, month and a half ago of like just com- comedic sobriety skits um, and like kind of things that I endured. I'm going through addiction and I actually found her TikTok which is absolutely hilarious and I'm like I constantly go to your page and just like look through all your videos because you have so many. I do I um let's call it a cross addiction so I post a lot on TikTok. (laughs) I've noticed yeah I noticed that you post like at least two to three a day. I do. I do. Yes. That's good. Well, everybody, of course, I mean, I would recommend checking it out. I believe it's Candace Campbell. Candace Campbell underscore, right? Yeah, that's correct. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell everybody kind of your, um, like your sobriety date um, and what your drug of choice was? Sure. So as Holden mentioned, my name is Candace. I am just over four years sober. My sobriety date is the 28th of January, 2018. Um, my drug of choice, my primary was alcohol and also cocaine. So those okay. are kind of my, my primaries. Well, I mean, I'm glad you're sober and congratulations on passing four years this past January. Thank you. Thank you so much. So before we get into the, like, the meat of the episode, why don't you kind of give everybody a backstory on what led up to you wanting or needing to get sober? So, I mean, look, I think that I started drinking alcoholically from a really young age. You know, the first time I ended up in the hospital due to my drinking was when I was 13. So if I kind of track it back all the way to there, I would say that I had an issue. But I lived in denial for a really long time because I strongly believed that everyone else did exactly what I did. You know, all my friends were drinking a lot. Uh, It got to the the kind of stage where all my friends were using a lot. And so I didn't think that I had an issue. And long, long story short, I ended up going to a psychiatrist for depression and anxiety. I was unmedicated until the age of about 24. And I thought, oh my God, I'm gonna get some Xanax. Like, this is it. I'm going to get some happy pulls, like I'm going to be able to abuse those, like my thoughts just ran wild. It turns out that I got sent to one who specialized in addiction, so she was having absolutely none of that, and essentially she told me that there is no point medicating me for anxiety and depression while I'm still using, there's no point, it's not going to do anything, and so she told me about a 12-step fellowship, and you know said give it a go uh I didn't for a while (laughs) like fuck the professionals right I was like nah like they don't know anything 
Um, and I eventually gave it a go and I'd follow my ass a couple times and eventually had to go to rehab after about six months of trying it kind of myself. And I wouldn't say that I gave it my all. I definitely didn't. And there's definitely, you don't have to go to rehab to get sober. Uh, I strongly believe that I could have done it without rehab, but my mind wasn't in it and my, my head just was not in it. And so I went to rehab and I've been clean and sober ever since. So that's a very condensed version of, of how I came to the realization that I needed help. Well, which is, I mean, it's good to come to that realization. I mean, even though it took some time and that that's the thing I think with any 12-step program or even becoming sober is you have to fully dedicate that mindset. I understand the physicality of it. it takes a little bit of time to catch up, especially with withdrawals and the like the craving aspect but I think your mind has to be fully dedicated to sobriety in order to achieve yeah definitely I mean look I didn't want to get sober I just wanted all the shit to stop like I wanted everyone to get off my back and I wanted kind of the voices in my head to stop and I wanted to be able to drink successfully like a normal person that's what I wanted I didn't want to get sober. Yes, I was, same thing. I was so tired of everybody else around me having a problem with my drinking. Because I was like, I don't have a problem with my drinking and my usage. I mean, so it was exhausting to always justify the quantity I was drinking, how often I would drink. And it was up until finally, like, I had that moment of clarity where I was like, holy shit, like, they were right. Yeah. And I hated that. Nobody wants to say that somebody else is right about their drinking problem. It's like, no, I should be able to self-diagnose this way before everybody else did. Yep. That denial is so strong with addicts and alcoholics. It's, it's one of those things that kind of keep like kept me out there for so long because I could justify anything. I could manipulate any situation to my narrative and part of that was saying, I didn't have a problem. Look, so-and-so is doing it. Why, why can they do it? But I can't, you know? Yeah. And we come to find out that we're very different people compared to those. I know, Well, I don't call them like the normal drinkers. I call them muggles. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> because I mean, I don't know. I'm just a huge Harry Potter fan. And, um, but I think in the 12 step program, we have so many sayings and acronyms and everything like that what is some of your favorite acronyms and what are some of the ones that you hate the most so this one is very controversial and it may spark some some flames should we say but the one saying that really kind of today I don't believe in is one day at a time and I know that that is and the reason why I don't, and this is up until recently, actually, I started working with a new sponsor in the 12-step fellowship that I'm in. And she kind of opened my eyes to the idea, like, but are you really living one day at a time? And I was like, no. She's like, yeah. We don't get sober to live one day at a time. Like some days in early sobriety, I had to do that. And so I think there is a place for that message in early sobriety in terms of like, get through today, get through today. But for me, they got to a point where I stopped living one day at a time and I just live. You know, I, I literally just live. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I have the same problem with that just because mm -hmm. we get sober to live our future 
through our like true selves. We work to pay our bills that are going to be coming in the future. And so, I mean, I kind of, I get away from one day at a time. And when it comes to just not drinking or using, it's just for today. So instead yeah. of taking it one day at a time sobriety, I just say, you know what, I'm not going to drink just for today. And that, I mean, that of course that leads up to, I mean, I just passed six months. So it's, oh, congratulations. Thank you. It takes a, a major mental difference. I mean, but yeah, one day at a time and keep coming back. Keep coming back. Meeting makers make it. Yeah. It's all these sayings that kind of don't stem from the literature and don't stem from like the principles. They've just kind of been adapted. And look, I never judge other people's recovery. I'm like, whatever works for you, works for you. Happy days. Like whatever sayings you need to say to keep you sober, go for it. For me, on the other hand, I'm like, I don't want to fucking live one day at a time. Like that doesn't sound appealing to me. Like if you told me four years ago, like in four years time, you're still going to be living one day at a time. I would tell you I'm, I'm not doing this then. Because for me, working the program that I work and helping others, the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body have stopped for me. So looking at like alcoholism and addiction as a twofold disease, those things have been arrested, as the literature says. And so in essence, like, I don't have to think to not drink. I just don't. I know I can't. So I just don't. And that's like a beautiful thing, you know, that's not spoken about enough. Yes, actually, the obsession of the mind. Um, I went to the bar uh, this past Friday to celebrate mm -hmm. a friend's birthday and to uh, play a tournament of darts. That was because I've been to the bar a few other times in my sobriety, some to test myself and other for friends. But that was the first time in any of my bar since that I actually did not think about drinking or have yeah. that urge to have to fight off. And it was so freeing to finally be able to put myself in a situation and not have to think about it mm -hmm. and the next day I was like oh shit like I didn't even have to like fight the urge to order shots and everything like that which was incredible thank goodness I mean and as the literature says like it will like the obsession will go away yeah which is great so what is some of the terms that you love Oh, now you got me. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think what what other slogans or kind of ones that I've heard that I do enjoy. You know, I used to, and, and this one's also a bit, there's a lot of love-hate between it, but, you know, to play the movie forward. And I don't think that that's enough to stop someone from picking up, but it's a good place to start. So for me, you know, back in early sobriety, it was a good place to kind of like, be like, okay, I know this is going to end up bad. Let me pick up the other tools that I've learned in, in sobriety. So I don't think that that in a sense is a tool, but I think it's a good place to kind of get your mind out of that thing of like, maybe I could use, you know? Yeah. I mean, playing the tape forward, actually, I, that's one thing I do love is mm -hmm. because it's, the moment I start thinking, oh, you know what? Maybe I can drink again. It's been six months. Maybe like I can't go back to normal drinking. Like immediately I'm like, oh, okay, hold on. Like when you first started drinking, then within six months you were doing this. And then within a year you were spending 18K a year now and you did this for five mm -hmm. years. So playing the tape forward for me has actually really helped 
not go back because the moment yeah. I start playing it forward, <laughs> I realize that there's not going to be a point in time in my life to where I can drink normally. I mean, if I did, it'll be for what a brief period of like a day, maybe. And then I'm going to go back to yeah. being balls to the wall. Exactly. And that's the thing we don't know. You know, I, a lot of people say what would happen if you do drink. And I'm like, I don't fucking know, but I don't plan on finding out either. Because no. maybe after four years of sobriety, I could go a stint of a month, two months, three months of drinking normally, whatever that means. But the allergy is still in there. You know, when we look at this as a disease for what it is, that allergy of my body is still there. As long as I'm in this frame that I'm in, that allergy is going to be there. And the mm -hmm. obsession of the mind is going to kick in straight away once that allergy has been resurfaced, you know? So there's no point in me thinking that way because I just know I can't. It's like someone who's allergic to nuts. They just can't eat nuts. That's how I feel today about alcohol, you know? And it's what my sponsor always says. Like, she's like, I look at alcohol as being nuts and I'm allergic to nuts. Can't have it. <laughs> I mean, I feel bad for her being allergic to nuts. Same with like people that are allergic to seafood. I just feel so sorry for them. Um, but yeah, most definitely. I mean, another one that I tend to always lean forward is um, don't quit before the miracle happens. Yeah. And I think this term rings true for many. I mean, I think in long-term sobriety as well, but truly in short-term sobriety because I'm still within I'm still baby sobriety but like when you're first going into the rooms dealing with withdrawals dealing with the ending of many of your friendships um from your drinking past and everything like things seem to be just not worth it yeah and 100% ready to give up and it's like don't stop because one day it'll just it'll start to turn and then it'll progressively get more positive and that's when the miracle starts happening with the spiritual contact and the like having that awakening and waking up being in a positive mood not thinking about drinking and not not thinking about drinking yeah just being able to wake up and live i think is one of the truest miracles definitely and i love that one as well you know don't quit before the miracle happens because you know, as I mentioned in the brief kind of outline of my story, I tried for six months to get sober, tried, I'm doing inverted commas right now, um, because I did, I would get a week under my belt and then I would relapse, you know, because I was like, this is not working, my life still should, I'm still in debt, I'm still, you know, sad, I'm still this, and I kept doing that, and then I'd get a month behind me and I'd do it again, and you know, when I got out of treatment, I was like, I'm going to give this a year. And if my life is not miraculously better, I'm going back out there. Like that was my, that was my plan. And here I am for an, almost four and a half years later, because I didn't quit. You know, I, I waited for that miracle to happen and it did, but it happened as a result of me putting in a lot of work. You're listening to The Sober Unicorn. We'll be right back after this short break. This episode is brought to you by Von Shiny Creatives at handmadeandgreat.com. Von Shiny Creatives is a sober-owned business featuring finely crafted goat's milk and vegan soaps. 
treat yourself or someone you love today. Take $5 off of 25 on all your purchases site-wide, and remember, it's always free shipping. Use the coupon code SOBER, which helps support Von Shine Creatives and the Sober Unicorn Podcast all at once. Link and coupon code will be in the bio. Now back to our episode. And when, for you, I mean, you're four and a half years in, so you've had plenty of miracles and life changes over the years. When did it finally go from being like, oh, God, do I have to do this to this is something I want to do to be happy? So for me, the miracle really started when I started working with other addicts and alcoholics. That's when this all kicked in and it all just made sense. You know, I know a lot of people outside of the rooms and in the rooms have an issue around the word God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. Um, I gave that my all and I said, I'm going to try this and I'm going to fake it till I make it. And I did. I sat around and I was like, hey, God, this is awkward. It's me. You know, (laughs) I did that and I I just I, I carried on. And for me, those two things, I wouldn't be sober today without them. And I came into the rooms a heavy, heavy atheist. Like, I was like, not a fuck. Am I giving in to, like, this whole idea around a high power, around a God? Like, it's just not happening. And I can tell you that, for me, the miracle happened, A, when I finished my my 12 steps and I started working with others because we can only keep what we have by giving it away. There's another one um, that I really actually do believe in. And I formed a relationship with my high power, you know, and that's when things really click together yeah I think I mean same as me I went I went into the program as an atheist and my first meeting Mm -hmm. was a Wednesday night and it was very higher power based and I was like oh lordy Jesus is this what I'm gonna have to (laughs) deal with I was like I can't do this and so that almost pulled me away from the program entirely and I wanted to go drink that night because I heard about God just entirely too much for myself but it was up until the seventh step for me that I truly felt any type of connection to my higher power I went through step five which was really like heart-wrenching for me and then I had to do that hour of silence which was really hard because it was at like 1 a.m I had to be at work the next day at seven so I was like, shit. But my sponsor was like, you have to do this after your fifth step. So I was like, okay. So I was like, okay. I, he told me, I, I already told myself I'd be willing to do anything it took to get sobriety. So that seventh step, like the overwhelming sensation I had, my body was unexplainable. And it's like, there was no way it wasn't a higher power. And I mean, to everybody listening, I mean, as previously discussed in other episodes, a higher power to people in the program, it doesn't have to be a Christian-based God, a Hindu God, a Buddhist God. Like, it is of your own creation. So it can't be, I mean, your higher power, I mean, for me at least, can't be like a movie star. <laughs> but <laughs> it it needs to be the fellowship it needs to be the universe it needs to be like the law of attraction or in in some sense it can be god it can be the christian god if that's what you want it to be and i think that's the huge misconception in the program especially newcomers especially the younger generation coming up tends to shy away from religion 
and but this is a program based not based off a of religion but based on a spiritual connection not a religious connection yeah that's such an important message is that it is a spiritual program you know we strive <laughs> for like spiritual progress not perfection and when I came in and I heard the G-O-D word, I was like, no, 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 no. You know, I had my, um, my dad died when I was nine. And a lot of like the talk in his funeral was like, oh, God needed him more. And things like that, you know, and as a nine-year-old, that's when I switched from like believing in a God to hating a God and then to not believing in anything. And so, you know, when I say I came an atheist, I mean, I came in like either on the spectrum of like hating God or on the spectrum of like, just there is nothing there. And I kind of really struggled with that for a bit. But as you say, when you work the steps, something just happens. And it's so hard. Like I get goosebumps thinking about it because it happens differently for everyone. And, you know, these spiritual awakenings that we have it's not a sonic boom. It's just, you have this feeling of like, holy shit, like something's there. Like it actually is there. And, you know, like Holden said, it doesn't have to be the Christian God. It can be. And, you know, that's beautiful. If it is for you, for me, it's a higher power of my own understanding. And when I realized that I got to kind of give non-human qualities because it cannot be a human because humans will let you down spoiler alert <laughs> um so it can't be a human but it's this this creation of like your understanding and for me that is like I look back now and I'm like my higher power has always been there I just didn't tap into that energy you know I didn't tap into it all throughout my life when I was drinking all the signs that I missed all the kind of yeah, everything that I missed was these signs from a higher power, you know? I think because during that time, I mean, as the book states, we have to be open-minded and willing. Yeah. And during our, our times of hatred of God or religion, for whatever reason we have, is, like, we aren't willing to accept that it could be a higher power or mm -hmm. these signs that we see in our life. So it's, we reject those thoughts. And so it doesn't allow us to really thrive because people in the program or that I've noticed is like, they're just much more happier. And if believing in a God makes you happy, I mean, then go for it. I mean, I've had so many people because I have a ton of friends that still drink. They're just like, oh, AA is a cult. Yeah. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, well, if, you know what? If there's a cult that helps you become a better person, work through the traumas of your past, learn to forgive and to be nice, a freaking better human to those yeah. in society, then like sign me up. Oh, yeah. Because what is, there's nothing wrong with what the, the fellowship teaches in any sense. Exactly. And I always say, you know, people who think AA or like Tulsa fellowships are a cult have no idea what a cult is, <laughs> are the most uneducated on cults. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of stigma around Tulsa fellowships. And what I always remind people, you know, through my social media and things like that is that we're dealing with people. 
when it comes down to literature and the traditions and the principles of a 12-step fellowship, it is beautiful. But sometimes we get assholes and that's going to happen no matter what routes of sobriety you take. You're going to encounter assholes who don't understand, who kind of minimize, who, you know, just speak really badly to you and who don't uphold the kind of traditions that the program is meant to be. Yeah, the traditions that are in place in the program for anybody that doesn't know, it's like it's all it is is about just keeping anonymousness between everybody so nobody feels that you're going to be talking about them outside the rooms and to essentially never bring the program into a bad light so Mm -hmm. through like social media and uh press and radio and it's just these tools are in place to where it keeps the programs in these rooms a 100 safe space for you to feel that you can express anything that's going on in your life anything from your past any part of your addiction and not feel judged because the people on the outside if we told them half the shit that we did during our addiction or what we did to get our next fix they'd be like what the fuck is wrong with you lock them up (laughs) most definitely and that's one thing i do love about the fellowship too is no matter where you are in the world like i i'm here i am a podunk from texas and you are south african now living in the uk mm-hmm. it's like no matter where we are in life or what our cultural differences are we're able to come together and speak on something that is true to who we are and actually have a ton of similarities in the addiction fact and how we got sober exactly you know it's it's a beautiful thing to have a community of people no matter where you are in the world I mean I remember I traveled to the U.S. like two or three years ago and I could go to a meeting there and I could feel at home you know I could look at the similarities not the differences and I could connect with people you know as it says we are people who may have never like really <laughs> met or or you know hung out with in in our previous lives but today you know it's a community of people and it's a beautiful thing it's a fellowship and when you look at it like that like that is part of like the miracle that happens because when I came into the program I didn't have very many friends because a lot of them were drinking and using friends and I made the decision to give sobriety my all and as a result I had to let go of a lot of people and that was really scary and I remember sitting in my first couple meetings and these people were just smiling and I was like why are you smiling (laughs) and they wanted hugs and I was like why are you trying to hug me like this is fucking weird like and you know today I'm the person smiling and laughing in meetings you know whereas four years ago when I was just like really new I was like that's never going to happen for me and that's part of the miracle that has happened this is my ability to actually like smile and and you know I always share this on social media as well it's like we have to laugh at ourselves sometimes it's like yes we did really horrible things we did and I take full responsibility for that and I've made my amends and I continue to live within my amends but I also have to laugh you know it's how we get through 
Exactly. Most definitely. I think the miracle is the friendships that we've developed in sobriety. Most of these people in these rooms, I would never have spoke to before. I mean, like, it's insane on how many different walks of lives can come together, find this common ground and actually build outside of the rooms a really genuine friendship when the friendships that you thought were genuine and authentic during your addiction like you could see that the moment you get sober and start to better yourself they're just like oh I want no part of you I mean if you're not gonna drink and drug like I do then girl bye (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh, before we end the episode is there anything that you haven't shared that you would like to share with everybody I think just whoever's listening, you know, whether you're sober curious, whether you're newly sober, whether you're thinking of getting sober, whether you've been sober for a while, just to know that life is not always easy and it's not always going to be easy. And, you know, sobriety doesn't promise us that. It doesn't promise an easy ride. It doesn't promise rainbows and unicorns and uh, pun intended. Um, it It doesn't promise these things. What it does promise is like a miracle. And that miracle really does come true. And you have to put in the work and you have to be willing and honest. And it just starts with that. Just be, be willing, just be honest and, you know, see what beautiful things can happen. Yes, the miracles and the promises that do come to fruition over time. I mean, not every promise of the program will come to you tenfold within your first 30 days, but you just don't give up. Because that next miracle that's awaiting you could be five minutes away. And if you give up now, you won't receive it. And so it's any time that you think about giving up or just letting it all go, just remember, like, the miracle could be waiting for you around the corner, the next sunrise. Because guess what? Now that we're sober, like, every day that I wake up, remembering the night before, like, knowing where my car is, knowing where my wallet is, like, that's a miracle in itself because I spent a good four years of six nights a week in a full blackout and putting myself, especially in the methamphetamine addiction, putting myself in situations that like my entire life could have been ruined the moment a cop knocked on the door. And it's like, it was never worth it. And I, I look back now and I'm just like, it's a true miracle that I didn't get caught. I didn't get arrested. I've never had to spend time in prison. Um, so, I mean, it's just a blessing and it's my higher power. I think did that for me when I couldn't do it for myself to keep me out of trouble yeah. to get where I am today. So why don't you drop any ads, your social media? Um, Ms. Candace here also hosts her own sobriety um, podcast. So why don't you share with everybody if where they can find you and listen to your podcast? So my podcast is called Sweet Sobriety. It's up on all major platforms. Uh, it's still very new. So it's kind of in its baby phase. And then you can find me on TikTok and Instagram. It's Candace Campbell and it's C-A-N-D-A-C-E uh, Campbell underscore. And that's for both TikTok and Instagram. My Instagram DMs are always open. If you're struggling, reach out, please. And know that you're, you're not alone and that there is hope. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Candace, so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This has been so great. 
Thank you again for listening to today's episode. Hit that follow button to be notified about new episodes every week. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Instagram at The Sober Unicorn Podcast or on our website at thesoberunicornpodcast.com. There you will find our episodes as well as our very own sober-owned shop featuring products from small businesses that are sober-owned. And remember, everyone, don't be normal, be a unicorn, but better yet, be a sober unicorn. Thank you.